Well, good morning, Grove. How are you today? Did, man, I, do you always sit this far back, or did you just do that for me today to make me feel special? Huh? I'm, I'm like, always. I, always? Okay. I was during worship, I was like, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. These people don't like me or something. So, um, And I feel like I need to preach like this so I can see you. But um, how many of you, I'm going to do this so I can see for a second. How many of you are here on the very first Sunday the Grove opened? How many of you are here? Look at that. That's awesome. So, good deal. So, my, what Eric, Pastor Eric said, we were here on the opening day and honestly been looking for uh, a chance to get back. Um, and so we are so excited to be here today. And, and uh, I just, real quick, I want to do this, um, not because I have to. I know most guest speakers do this, but really from our heart, Pastor Lisa and I, I call her Pastor Lisa just because, Pastor Lisa and I love your pastor. We love Pastor Eric and First Lady Sincerity. And uh, I'm just curious, you know, here's the deal. I don't know, you probably don't know how good uh, you have it um, because you just have such amazing pastors, but will you give your pastors a, a little love? Will you show them some love this morning because we uh we absolutely love your pastors and their family we look for every excuse we can to just hang out with them uh, we share a love of food uh, especially and so we like to eat together our kids love to hang out we, we just we love your pastors so much and you are so so blessed now I know um, most of you don't know who I am. You don't know our story. I'm going to tell a little bit of it. Pastor Eric shared a little bit of it. But we have believed in you. We've believed in the Grove since, um, I was going to say since day one, but really since before day one. We've been praying for the Grove since before the launch date. And, uh, and even today, there's not very many Saturdays that go by that Eric and I don't exchange a phone call or a text message, uh, just to let one another know that we're praying for each other, that I'm praying for Santa Fe, I'm praying for the Grove, um, I'm believing for life-changing stuff to happen. Um, I think, I may be off a week or two, I think this is like week number 46, something like that, and we were talking last night that not one week has gone by that that at least one person has not accepted Jesus as their as their Savior. Now, that, that's awesome, right? And, and I just got to tell you, when I hear that, inside of me, I go, that's why we did this. That's why we started a church in Santa Fe. That's why we gave. That's why we serve. That's, that's, that is the reason is because we believe that, uh, we knew there were already some churches here, but we knew that there wasn't a bright enough light in this city yet and that, that we could, uh, we could expose the darkness and we could shine the light of Jesus and we could see some lives transformed. And so we've believed in you, um, for a long, long time. And I just have to say, it's an absolute honor uh, to be with you today. Thank you um, for giving up. Uh, uh, I know how awesome uh, Pastor Eric is and Robert. I know how what a great job these guys do. So thank you for letting me uh, be a part of it. So let me tell you a quick story. Three years ago, uh, Pastor Eric and I, we went on a little bike ride. He was telling you a little bit about it. But we started at the most, nor- most northern border of New Mexico. We started actually at the Colorado border. We took selfies at the, oh, you know what? Before I do this, can I take a selfie real quick? Can I do that? Is that okay? All right. So let me do this. I don't know if they're going to be able to see. There we go. Let's see. Will you like, all right, ready? Are you smiling? All right. I couldn't tell. You can't tell, but that's my selfie. 
I told another pastor I'd take a selfie today from the pulpit. He's going to do the same, and we're just stupid. So three years ago, we went on this bike ride. We started at Colorado. We took selfies at the Colorado border. We got on our bicycles, and we started riding. We started riding south. And five days and 500 miles later, we crossed into Texas, okay? So for those of you who are geographically challenged, we went from one side of the state all the way to the other side of the state. And in that time, we had, Eric and I had a lot of time to talk, okay? I mean a lot of time, okay? The um, geography of most of New Mexico is rather boring. Uh, There's a lot of flat land, a lot of desert, a lot of brush, and so we're just riding riding down these roads, and, and I, but I had this one moment just kind of permanently etched into my brain. We were on this one particular stretch of road. We were both leaned forward into the arrow bars, and we're just riding side by side, and we've been talking back and forth just the entire trip, but I, I'll never forget this moment because Pastor Eric, he, he, he looked at me, and he said this. He said these words. He said, my family has been called to plant a church in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I'll never forget that moment, okay? For That probably wasn't the first time that he ever said those words, but it was the first time he said those words to me, okay? And, and to put this into perspective, at that time in our lives, Lisa and I were living in, uh, in Texas. We were just south of Dallas in a little town called Waxahachie, Texas, okay? And so from, from where I sat at that point, okay, on my bicycle thinking, you know, my family's in Texas, um, I'm, I'm going to finish this ride, I'm going to take an airplane home, and I'm going to be back in Texas, so I don't have really any skin in the game. This isn't going to cost me anything, you know. It, 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 you know. And so here's what I did: is I said, Eric, that is an awesome idea. You should totally do that. You should plant a church in Santa Fe, man. I believe in you. I mean, you guys are going to rock it. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm telling, I'm encouraging them. I am like, you know, just go, man. You guys go for it, right? But here I am, okay. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to go back to my church and my home. I'm going to be hundreds of miles away, you know, and one day I'll see on Facebook that they started a church and that's just going to be awesome, right? And so uh, fast forward a couple of years and now all of a sudden we find ourselves pastoring a church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, okay? So all of a sudden we're back in Albuquerque. Now we're much closer to Santa Fe and uh, Eric and I had been talking and I knew he was getting ready to plant the church and, and I'm still like, man, you just, you go for it, Eric. I mean, you just you should totally do this you should you should do this and then i'll never forget this moment i have this weird geographic memory where i remember where i am when things happen i'm sitting in my truck and i'm in the parking lot of our of our bank and i was getting ready to go in and my phone rang it was eric and I answered the phone, and we began to talk, and he began to, to tell me about what was happening and where, where the Grove was headed and, and uh, all, you know, where, where he was at in fundraising and all. You know, this is early in the story, really early. And he's telling me all of this, and, and it's funny because he, he, his story he just told you was that I asked him if I could help plant the church. And I, in my story, I think he asked me. I'm not, I'm not really sure. We probably both asked each other. But, but, but all of a sudden, I remember being in the middle of a conversation where we were now talking talking about what would it look like for our church to get really, really involved, for us to become a sponsor church. And one of the, one of the big points of this, and I, and I just say this because I, I want to come back to it as an illustration, is one of the big parts of, of being the sponsor church meant that we had to co-sign for a pretty big loan. And what that meant was if the Grove didn't work, all right, if, 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 the, if you didn't show up, right, and if, if it didn't work, then 
then our church was going to be on the line to pay this loan back, right? So I go back to my board and I go back to my church and I'm like, guys, I want us to help Eric in sincerity and we're going to help plant a church. And, and, and by the way, we're going to co-sign for this really big loan. And if they go belly up, I mean, if this thing just sinks to the bottom, we're going to pay that money back, right? And that was a fun conversation to have. In fact, I think we have a, a picture of the day that we voted. Our church, actually, our whole church, we voted uh, to, to say to say yes to this. We voted to do this, and, and here's our picture. We, 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 we just had a little ballot slip, and we just had everyone say, you know, will you do this? You know, will we do this? Will, will you co-sign with us? Will you take on this liability? And, and so we, we said yes. We said, man, we're with you, Eric. We're with you, Sincerity. We're with you, Grove. Let's, let's do this. Let's plant a church in Santa Fe. Now, let me tell you real quick why Lisa and I, um, it, it, was, it was rather easy, honestly, for us to say yes, to join up with you guys. And let me tell you why. When we moved to Albuquerque, we made a deal with God. And here, here was our deal. We said, God, whatever you bring our way, whatever opportunities you put in front of us, whatever you ask us to do, our answer before you even ask, our, our minds are made up, our answer is yes. Whatever you ask us to do. How many of you know it's easier when your mind's made up, right? And then the opportunity comes. Because now, I'll just be honest, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, well, what if we have to pay this money back? Or what if it doesn't work? Or I, what, Because my mind was made up. We, we had already made a deal with God that we were just going to say yes no matter what, what happened. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Is I want to talk to you today about just saying yes. In fact, I'm hoping that I can... can Convince some or maybe all of you to make this commitment with us that you'll just say yes, that you'll just say to God, you know what, God, whatever you are going to bring our way, I'm just going to tell you yes. I have a, a story this morning. I like to run and I, I went out and I was running uh, here. There's a trail not far from here and I just got on the trail and I had my headphones on. I was listening to some worship music. I was praying. I was like, Lord, I'm just, again, I'm just going to say yes. Whatever what today, God, Whoever you bring my way and whatever you bring my way, I'm just going to say yes. And right when I, pr- I finished praying that, this woman rides her bicycle up beside me. And she's wearing one of those big hats with a brim all the way around it with a helmet on top of it, right? I mean, the brim's flapping, right? And she's talking. Her mouth's moving, but I can't hear her because I have my headphones in. And I'm, I'm kind of confused, right? And I take my headphones out, and she, she goes, uh, she has this real funny voice and, and accent. I can't do it right. But she, she goes, is this the and I'm like, yes, because I had just told God. I'm like, whoever you bring my way, whatever you do, I'm just going to say yes. And so I'm all enthused. I'm like, yes, it is the arroyo, right? And, and she, she goes, so I just ride this way? I said, yes, ride that way. I mean, I am pumped, right? I'm like, God, you're answering my prayer. And she rides off, right? She goes ahead of me. And then I begin to think, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I don't know where I just sent that lady. Like we're gonna get out of we're gonna get out of the grove and we're gonna go to lunch and we're gonna be eating something and I'm gonna see this lady with the weird hat come riding past. She's gonna be lost in Santa Fe because some dude from Albuquerque said yes. I don't know where she's trying to go. Okay, so that's not really what I'm trying to convince you to do. Okay, that's but what, what I, I am hoping to convince you today to just make a deal with God that you know what God. 
I will just say yes, whatever you ask me to do. Now, before you accuse me of coming up with a cute little phrase and being a, a motivational speaker, let's look at God's word, okay? Because I believe that if we'll look at God's word, I believe you'll see that throughout God's word, there are men and women who just, they made the same decision. They just said yes. And I want us to start in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. This is where the calling of the very first disciples happens, okay? So Matthew 4, uh, it says, this as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen. And Jesus said these three words to him to them in verse 19. He said, Come follow me. He said, come, follow me, and I will send you out not to fish for fish anymore, but to fish for people. And at once, it says, everyone says, say at once, at once they left their nets and they followed him. And then verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets because they're fishermen as well. And Jesus called them and immediately, everyone say immediately, immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed after him. And so in this passage, we see a foundational scripture, a foundational principle for following Jesus. When we look at the calling of the first disciples, here's what we see. It all begins with a yes. It all begins. Now, here's the deal. This, this scene that we just read in Matthew has always intrigued me. I mean, it's just always intrigued me. Uh, do any of you enjoy fishing? Any of you? I know a few of you, okay, so I love to fish, okay, it's one of my favorite things to do, in fact, I love to fish up here in your neck of the woods, as often as I can, I come up here to the Pecos, and I love to fish the Pecos, okay, and so I try to imagine the scene that I'm reading in Matthew, okay, I'm trying to imagine me in my waders, and my fishing vest, and my fishing hat, right, and uh, Eric and Sincerity came up the other day, and they met us at the Pecos, and I wear, I have fishing socks that I wear under my, my waders, and they made fun of me for that. But I was I was catching fish, so I didn't care, right? And so I'm imagining me out in the Pecos, and I'm fishing, right? And some dude walks up and says, "Hey, Jason, come follow me." Can I tell you something? I am not going to drop my fishing gear on the Pecos and follow some dude into the woods and go start following him. Would any of you do that? Right? I mean, that's a that that's the scene. I mean, that's what we're reading, right? These guys are fishermen. They're in the they're literally they're in their boat, they're with their nets, they're they're with their crew, and and Jesus, now obviously he had a reputation at this point, but he walks up and he, he doesn't give them a lot of instruction, right? He doesn't he doesn't, you know, tell them what they're signing up for. Like, here's the contract, right? Here's what it's gonna look like. Let me let me show you a, a full color brochure to uh, what it's gonna be to be my disciple, right? He just says this. He says, Come follow me. And what I love is that these guys, they, they had obviously made the same decision that I had made. They had made the decision that, you know what, whatever comes my way, I'm just gonna say yes. And so they begin this process of following Jesus by just saying yes. I mean, that was, that was the foundation. They just said yes. And I believe that this is the difference between being a Christian and being a disciple. 
You see, it's easy today for people to be a Christian, to, to claim to be a Christian. I mean, you, you go to church a couple of times a month, you get your Grove t-shirt, you get your bumper sticker, you know, you put it on your car, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're a Christian, right? You can claim, like, you know what, I'm a, I'm a believer, I go to church, I'm a Christian, but I believe that there's something very different about being a Christian and being a disciple, okay? Disciples start by saying yes. And I believe being a disciple is something very different. Being a disciple, okay, in the biblical times, you could be, you could be a disciple of almost any occupation, okay? It wasn't even a spiritual term at this point, okay? What it meant was this. If I want to be a blacksmith, I'm going to go to the blacksmith and I'm going to say, Mr. Blacksmith, can I be a disciple of you? Because I want to learn your trade. I want to learn how you do things. I want to follow after you. If I want to be a fisherman, I'm going to go to the fisherman. Hey, Mr. Fisherman, can I be your disciple, right? Can I follow your your footsteps? Can I watch how you do it? Can I learn from you? Can we eat together and hang out together and, and, and be together and do your craft together? I want to learn from you. And that's exa- and this is what, what the disciples, okay? What Andrew and Peter and James, you know, they said, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to follow his steps. I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just see what I can do to absorb everything that he has to offer. I like to say it this way. Accepting Jesus is easy, but following him is is hard. You see, accepting him, I mean, that's the easy part, right? Most of us in this room have probably done this at some point, right? It's like, you know what? You know you need a savior. You know that you, you, you've messed up and you need someone to rescue you. Would you raise your hand? Would you pray this prayer? Boom, you're done, right? Accepting Jesus is easy, right? He, he made it easy. He said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved, right? Accepting him is easy. Following him is the hard part. Following, be trying to, to, to be pruned and, and worked on and, and, and following him is the hard part. You, you might remember this verse. This helps us to understand the difficulty. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said this. He said to his disciples, to those who are following him, who are learning from him, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. See, no, nowhere in that verse does he say, you, you gotta go through the grow track and you gotta sign up, you know, for a church and you gotta, these are great mechanisms that we've all put in places in our churches. But here's what Jesus said. If you wanna be my disciple, okay, you're gonna have to pick up your cross. You're going to have to deny yourself, and you're going to have to follow after me. Now, it's hard for us to understand the, the weight of this verse because we see crosses everywhere today. They're, they're cute, right? They're jewelry pieces, and they hang in the dashes of our cars, and they hang on the walls of our homes, and they adorn our buildings. And, and, and you know, But here, think about this. What Jesus was saying was, you know that thing that is the torture device that the Romans used to, to kill people? You know that thing? You're going to have to literally take and put yourself on one of those you're gonna have to deny yourself you're gonna have to die to self it's not about you anymore if you want to be a disciple if you want to follow in my footsteps it's not about you anymore 
And you're going to have to follow after me. And see, here's the thing. I believe this is a teaching that we as the church, the the church globally, have watered down. In fact, it's never been easier. It's never in history been easier, in my opinion, to join a church. It's never been easier in history to be called a Christian, especially in America. Now, there are places where this is not the case. But in America, there's never been an easier time to be a Christian. But I don't think this is what Jesus was calling us to do. I think he was calling us to follow him. And here's where, where the hang up is. Okay. I don't know if you enjoy signing up for something that you don't know the details to, right? I, I don't like that. Right. If you're like, Hey, you know, you want like, you, you want to go eat with me? I'm like, well, where are we going to eat? Right. It depends. Right. I'm like, tell me the details. Right. Well, do you want to go do this thing with me? What do we talk? What's when, where, how much, why, when, you know, give me the details. I don't enjoy signing up for things that I don't know the details. And this is what Jesus does to us. He says this. He says, come follow me. There's no more details. Just come follow me. And that's why it all begins with a yes, because he just says, follow me. And so this great adventure, it begins with a yes. In fact, if you've never made the decision to, to start on this adventure, I'm going to give you an opportunity today. But for those of you who have already said yes, you, you've already said, you know what, I'll be a, st- a disciple. Let me go one step further, okay? Not only does it begin with a yes, but it also continues with a yes. You see, doesn't it stand to reason that the same way that we start this adventure is the same way that we would continue this adventure, right? This all continues by continuing to say yes. This is how Lisa and I uh, made the decision uh, just to say yes, okay? is we just said, you know what? We got into this thing, and and God's been good so far, so we'll just keep on going, right? Let's just keep saying yes. In fact, and then we just came to a place where we said, you know what? We don't have to wait until he asks us. We're just going to go ahead now and say the answer every single time, no matter what the details are, it's always going to be yes. And so let me share with you just a couple of lessons that we've learned from our yeses. Number one is this. Say yes, even when you don't know how. Say yes, even when you don't know how. Okay. Here's what I want to teach you this morning. The what will always precede the how. Okay. Let me explain this to you. You will always know what God has called you to do before you know how he intends for you to accomplish that. Pastor Eric in sincerity knew that the what was to plant a church three years ago when we were riding bicycles across New Mexico. The how, I mean, there was a lot of how questions, am I right? I mean, how are we going to afford this? And how are we going to do this? And where are we going to meet? And who's going to do it with us? And I mean, there was a ton of how questions. But what I've learned in our yeses is that the what will always precede the how. And, and that's okay. You know, early on, that's where I would get scared, right? It's like, God, I know you called me to do this, but how? How do I do this, right? And here's what he was saying to me. Come follow me. Come follow I told you what I want you to do. Now, now just come follow me. And I'll begin to unveil the steps as we go. Now, here's the deal. There's a lot of dreams that die in, in the period between the what and the how. There's a lot of dreams out there. there. There may be dreams in your heart this morning that years ago God told you the what. 
God spoke to you the what. You're supposed, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to be this. I want you to, I want you to try this. I want you to talk to this person. There may be dreams in your heart where you know what the what is, but because you haven't known what the how is, you've never taken that next step. And Jesus, all the time, he's just saying, just come follow me. And so that period between the what and the how is a period that, that, that gives me a lot of worry as a pastor because that's when a lot of dreams die. And that's why, if I can convince you this morning to just decide, I'm going to say what, even when I don't know how, then, then what we're doing is we're safeguarding that period where this, the enemy can't come in and steal, kill, and destroy the dreams that God has put into our hearts. And so I'm asking you this morning, say yes, even when you don't know how. And here's why. The how has never been a problem for God. The how has never, I mean, never in history has the how been the issue for the king of the universe. Not one time has the how been, you know, the problem for God. In fact, if you look in Scripture, we see story after story after story where this is the case. Look at look at Mary. Look at the mother of Jesus, okay? The angel comes to her and says, you're going to give birth to a baby. It's going to be a boy. He's going to be the Savior of the world. And I want you to name him Jesus. And I don't know if you, know, if you remember what Mary said to the angel, but in Luke 134, we see her response. She says this she says how how am i going to do this and she has a really good reason right she says how am i going to do this because i'm still a virgin right i mean that makes sense am i right i mean that's a good how right I can't give birth because I'm a virgin, right? I'm not pregnant. I've never been with a man. I don't plan on being with a man until I get married. And here you are telling me I'm about to have a baby. I mean, that was one of the best hows that I have ever heard. I'm just going to be honest, okay? That's one of the best ones. That's way better than we can't afford this or we don't know what color of paint to do or, you know, what are we going to eat for lunch? I mean, this is how how is this going to happen? Because I'm not even pregnant and I am a virgin. And I don't know if you remember what the angel said back to her, but, but here's what the angel said to her in, in Luke 137. The angel says to her, Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You see, that, that is the answer to our house. How are we going to do this? Nothing is impossible with God. Well, how about nothing is impossible with God? You see, if we keep reading, we see this. We see Nehemiah had a lot of hows, and he continued on his mission. What about Moses? His what, Moses' what, was to lead the people of God out of captivity. And think through the story of Moses. Think about all the times that there were how questions. How are we going to escape the grip of Pharaoh? How are we going to get across the Red Sea? How are we going to survive the desert? How are we going to feed all of these people, right? I mean, he, he had tons and tons of hows, but every single time God came through. What about when Peter walked on water? This is one of my favorite stories. Peter's in a boat, right? And he's, and, and he looks out and he sees Jesus and Jesus is walking on the water and Peter calls out to him. He says, he says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come to you. And just like in the original calling, right? Jesus, man of few words, Jesus says, come, right? He, he doesn't explain to him, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do, Peter. I'm going to reverse the laws of physics, and I'm going to cause your feet to have giant floaties on them, and you're going to walk on. He, he just says, come, right? 
And what does Peter do? Peter steps out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. He didn't ask, he didn't say, he didn't, Peter just said, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to say yes. And then he, if you remember that story, this is where he got into trouble is he's walking along and about halfway out across the water. That's when he hits him. The, oh man, I shouldn't be doing this. How is this happening? Right? And what happens in that moment? He begins to sink. Right? And Jesus reaches out to him. And he pulls him up. And he says, why did you doubt? Why did you not have faith? And so, Grove, I'm not your pastor, and so I can't make rules for you like I can at my home church, okay? But, but let, me, let me just make a suggestion this morning, okay? I would suggest to you, Grove, collectively, that you remove the word how from your Grove vocabulary. You see, here's, here's what I know about your pastors, is they are dreamers. They are visionaries. In fact, before service, we, we walked from this theater down a couple of doors into a theater that's about twice this size. And we stood there and we dreamed a little bit. And we said, you know what? The day's going to come that this theater is not going to hold all the people that are going to come to the Grove. And so we're going to have to think about a bigger theater. We're going to have to think about, the okay, well, we're going to have to have a stage. And, we're going to have, and we begin to dream about the logistics. This is what I know about your pastors, is they're going to continue to dream. They're going to continue to say yes to the dreams that God is putting in their hearts. And here's why I'm asking you to remove how from your grove vocabulary, okay, is because you can how a vision to death. When your pastor comes and says, you know what, I think it's time to go to a bigger theater. Well, how are we going to do that, pastor? We don't even have a stage yet, Pastor. How are we going to afford that, Pastor? Well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? How, don't, listen, if you'll just remove that word, if you'll just take how out of your vocabulary and you'll just replace it with yes, and you'll just say, okay, God, all right, God, whatever you want to do, whatever you, wherever you want to take us as a church, wherever you want to take me as a family, wherever you want to take me as a person, wherever you want to go, even though we don't know how, we're just going to say yes. Here's the second thing I learned. Say yes, even when you can't afford it. I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but I'll just tell you that every single time that God has asked us to say yes, we've not been able to afford it. 100% of the time, we have not been able to afford it. Okay? I mentioned to you in the story, I mentioned to you um, that we, we had to co-sign for this loan to get you guys going, right? To, to get you guys a bunch of money to buy this stuff so you could start, right? And, and, and I'll just be honest with you, okay? We did not have the money to pay that loan back when we signed that paper, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that I was being untruthful, okay? We would have figured out a way to pay it back. But what I'm telling you is the money was not in the bank, okay? Because if the money was in the bank, I probably would have just given it to Eric, right? The money wasn't in the bank. We just said, okay, here we go. We can't afford this. I mean, literally, I went to my board, and I said, guys, if they, if they go belly up, we're probably going to go belly up too, <laughs> okay? That's just, but we're saying yes, because God has asked us to be part of this. We're just, we're just going to say yes, even though we can't afford it. Now, if you go back to the calling of the first disciples, I want you to look at this. James and John, they're in their boat, right? They're fishing. And think about this. They're not recreational fishermen, right? They're, they're professional fishermen. This is an occupation. And Jesus said, come, follow me. And you read that story. They drop their nets. They drop their, their stuff. They leave their dad. They leave their boat. Here's what I want you to see. Their yes had a cost to it. 
their yes had a cost. It wasn't just like, well, the fish aren't biting. Okay, let's, let's go to lunch, right? It was like, this is what I know to do. This is, this is how I pay the bills. I don't know, Jesus, what's your plan to pay my bills, right? They just dropped it and they just followed after him. And I believe that the cost is what keeps too many people from experiencing all that God has in mind for us. I want to remind you, John 10.10 says this. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, but not just life, life to the full. He says, I want you to have the best life. I want you to have full life. And so I want you to hear me this morning, okay? The perceived cost that is in your mind, that cost that you, you perceive, oh man, it's gonna cost me this much if I say yes. It's gonna, it's gonna be this hard if I say it. that perceived cost will never be greater than the cost of saying no to following after Jesus. And so I'm asking you this morning, say yes even when you can't afford it. And then here's my favorite part. Say yes even though you're not qualified. Notice I didn't say even when you're not qualified. I'm saying say yes even though you are not qualified. Can I tell you something this morning? None of us in this room are qualified to say yes to the things that God has called us to do. None of us. Absolutely not a single person in this room is qualified to say yes. And this is what I love about the God that we serve. He is in the business of using imperfect people to accomplish his plans. The Bible's full of story after story of people who said yes, even though they weren't perfect. I I like to say it this way about my my own life. I say God has used the, the ugliest parts of my life to create the most beautiful moments. That's the business that our God is in. See, the part of our story that, that you don't know is that at the exact moment that Eric and I were riding our bikes and we were dreaming about what it would look like to plant a church in Santa Fe, at that exact, at that exact week of my life, I was personally making some of the most painful and destructive mistakes that I've ever made in my entire life. At that exact moment, I was literally ruining my chances of having a family, of having a, a, a loving spouse and being a great father. I was, I, I was disqualifying myself from being a pastor and being in ministry. I was, I was literally that week making decisions that, that would disqualify me, not, not just from saying yes to, 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 the, to the grove three years later, but I'm, I'm telling you, we were at a point that week where I was about to lose absolutely everything. And that's the part of the story that I love the most now. That's the part of the story where, and here's why, okay? Not because not I like to boast about the, my mistakes, but because I love to boast in how God can take the worst stuff, the ugliest parts, the biggest messes, and he can turn them in to the most beautiful things. We just celebrated, last week, we just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary And every wedding anniversary now, I just look at my wife and I say, thank you for putting up with me. And I look at God and I say, thank you for rescuing me. And now he's allowed us, in the middle of all that, not only has he allowed us, he's invited us to say yes. He's invited us time and time and time again. 
See, not long after that, God called us back to Albuquerque to pastor a church. And I remember in that moment, I remember going to my pastor there in Texas, and I'm like, Pastor, this doesn't make any sense at all. I feel God calling us to Albuquerque, but I'm a, I'm a screw up. I'm just, I mean, he knew it. I mean, he knew, he knew. I'm like, I mean, you know, like, you know the junk. You know, man, I mean, we're messed up. Like, why would God be calling us to go pastor a church? And he said, that's the safest place for you to be, son. He said, that's the safest. Just say yes to whatever God calls you to do. Just stay in that place where you, you're going to feel like you're drowning because, it's, because you're so over your head in the things that he's asked you to do. But that will keep you dependent upon him. And I took that moment that day and I said, okay, I'm just, we're going to say yes. Whatever you call us to do. I have a friend, uh, Kristen Welch. She leads a ministry in Kenya called uh, Mercy House. And, and I love what she says about this. She says, we don't say yes because we're good or because we're good enough, but because we know what to do next. Uh, or not because we know what to do next. We say yes because somehow in our meager, inadequate offering, Jesus is glorified. See, that's why we say yes. is Because when we say yes... Jesus is glorified. People come into the kingdom. The kingdom is built. The darkness is driven out. The light shines brighter. That's why we say yes. Not because we're awesome. Not because we have it all figured out. Not because we can afford it. Not any. It's just because we say yes and Jesus is glorified. And I'll end with this and then we're going to pray. I, I love this part, okay? Jesus doesn't need us to say yes, but he invites us to. You see, as much as I love your pastors this morning... If they would have said no to come in and plant the grove, God would have found someone else to plant a church. As awesome as they are, God doesn't need them. Okay? God didn't need harvest to say yes to back the grove. If we if we wouldn't if we would have you know backed down, he would have he would have had someone else step up to do that. I mean, think about this. The God of the world, right? All resources at his disposal. He didn't need us. Right? He didn't need us to say yes to come be on a worship team. He didn't need us to say yes to, to any of the things that he calls us to do. But here's what I love. Even though he doesn't need us, he invites us. He says, son, daughter, will you come and participate in the kingdom that I'm establishing in this great city? Will you come and be a part of what I'm doing here? And, and that's the point where you look at him and say, but I don't know how. And he said, come anyway. But I can't afford it. Come anyway, but I'm not qualified. He says, come anyway. I'm inviting you to be a part of what I'm doing. That's the part that I love about it. And so I want to give you a chance this morning to respond. I want to, I want to give you the chance because this morning, right now, God is inviting you to participate in his plan. He's inviting you to participate in his plan for you personally, for your family, for this church, for the Grove, for the city of Santa Fe. He's, he is inviting you this morning to participate. And here's what I want to do. Is I, I talked about this. It all starts with a yes. And we've been praying all week that there would be somebody here this morning who has not yet said yes to God. And I don't, whatever the reason is, you probably have a really good reason why you haven't said yes to God. Maybe you were part of a church that did things wrong and, and really led you in a wrong way. And, and you showed up today and you said, I'm going to give it another chance. Maybe you had a, a parent who abused you or hurt you or, or did something horrible to you. Maybe, maybe you've had just some horrible things happen to you in your life and you haven't been able to reconcile. How can this happen when there's a loving God? And here's what I know this morning. Okay? I don't know all the answers to all that, but here's what I know is God saying this. Just come follow me. Just come follow me. I, 
I'll put mom around you. I'm going to show you the way. We're going to figure this out together. And all, all he's asking you to do this morning is just say yes. You know, it's that simple. I have people all the time in our church, well, what do I have to do? What class do I go to? Where do I sign? What? I'm like, just say yes. Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. That's all that it is. It's just saying yes. And so if you'll join me, every person in the room, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, I don't know how you do it here, um, but I'll, just, I'll do it how we do it, and, and you'll roll with me this morning, and I'll go back home, and you can go back to your ways, okay? But if you'll bow your head and close your eyes this morning, I'm going to make it really, really simple. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not, we're, we're not going to do any of that. We're not playing games this morning. But here's what we're going to do. If you're here this morning and you would just say, you know what, Pastor Jason, I need to say yes to following Jesus the first time. I'm not talking about following him in the adventures and, and the, the things, those dreams. I'm saying, I, I need a savior this morning. I need to be rescued. Maybe you were like me, and maybe this week you've been in the middle of the most painful, destructive decisions of your life. Maybe this week you threw your marriage away. Maybe this week you threw your relationship with your children away. Maybe this week you did something incredibly stupid like I've done. And God still this morning, he's saying, will you just say yes? And so if that's you this morning, all I need you to do, I just want you to raise your hand. You're not doing it to me. You're doing it to God. You're raising your hand. You're saying, God, I need to be rescued this morning. I need a Savior, and I'm ready. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where we're going, but I'm just going to say yes. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. No one's looking around. And then the the whole room, we're all going to say this prayer together. There's several hands that are being raised right now. And now every person in the room, every person, will you pray this prayer with me? Because we want to make, make our friends who are doing this for the first time feel, feel at home, okay? So every person, just repeat after me, Jesus, I need a Savior today. And so I'm saying yes. I accept your invitation to save me, to rescue me. And I'm just saying, God, I'll follow you today. Wherever you go, God, will you make something beautiful out of this mess? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a hand clap to those who have made that decision this morning. Let me pray one more prayer. I know we've got to go. Let me pray one prayer. I believe there are some here today that it's your turn to say yes to whatever God, that dream that God put in your heart. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was this morning. But you, you've been, this is God sending me to just prod you and say, yeah, that was me. Say yes. I'll take care of the how. I'll take care of the dollars. I'll take care of the quality. I'll just, I'll take care. That's, God's ready to do that for you. And that's you this morning. Would you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray over you this morning. You're just, you're saying, I need, I, there's a dream in my heart and I'm ready this morning. You're pushing me. I'm like, this is, I'm good at this, okay? I'm ready to, I'm going to push you over the cliff, okay? I'm going to push, like, let's go. Like, I'm going to do like I was with Eric. Go, plant a church. Do it, right? Except now I'm here, right? 
I want to pray over you this morning. Raise your hands again. Father, I pray over every person who right now is saying yes to the dreams that are in their hearts, the dreams that have come from you. God, I believe, Lord, this morning that you are starting something seriously amazing in the city of Santa Fe, something absolutely phenomenal at the Grove. As so many of us are saying yes, we'll do whatever you call us to do. We'll go wherever you call us to go. God, we're, we're surrendering the house and the money and the qualifications and all the other stuff that comes with it. We're just, we're just saying yes this morning. God, I pray, God, that this week that my friends here at the Grove would experience something supernatural as they say yes to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.